those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft. Hola, Horcruxes. What? I couldn't think of anything else to start with H. Huh, alright. Uh, it's Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling ahead on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. This time we're going to be talking about Chapter 12. The polyjuice potion that's been brewing for, I don't know, Forever. seven or eight months. Um, it's been a long time. Well, for us, not really for them. It's just Christmas for them. So they haven't been working on it for seven or eight months. Yeah. It's almost, almost like you're school. making Hamburger Helper or something. I know. That takes forever. It doesn't really, though. Like, it that's does. What you kinda it say takes that it so does. long. Anytime I say I'm making it. Hamburger Helper is delicious, by the way. It is. It is. It's good. It's super, super delicious. But every time we make it, Jess gets... I, I like, groan up. and throw myself on the floor because I know it's going to be an hour before we eat. Mm-hmm. That's not true, actually. Yeah, I, d- I don't actually throw myself on the floor. But it doesn't, but it, it doesn't take an hour, either. Oh. Half so hour? next time, no. Probably a little less than that. Next time that I'm making hamburger helper, I'm just going to say I'm making polyjuice potion. Yeah, that'll be and, accurate. Yeah, and that'll make it a little bit easier for you to, to handle. I'll still probably throw myself on the floor. So at the end of last chapter, chapter 11, we had two more attacks from our mysterious attacker. Voice thing. Thing. Monster, maybe. Yeah. Villain. We had an attack from an attacker. Yes. That's all I could come up with. There you go. Yeah. It's That's late. accurate. It's late on a Sunday night. It is. We've had a long weekend. Pool's closed, though. The pool is closed. Mm. Probably the easiest time I've had doing it, You hate it the too. pool. I hate the pool. Which is kind of like first world problems. Like, oh, this pool that I have in my backyard is such a... Uh, a, a chore. A drain on my existence. Yeah. Well, but it is. Okay. And I got hit in the face with the pole, so... Yeah. I uh, also got hit in the face in the shed today by the uh, weed whacker that was hanging up. So we we were attacked, uh, kind of pretty much in the same way that the characters were attacked in yeah. the, in the last chapter. I mean, pretty much to the yeah. same degree. I wasn't petrified, but my lips a little puffy. See, so I think that's the same. Essentially the same. So you know exactly what Justin Finch Fletchley <laughs> and going through. Nearly headless Nick are going through. Well, I don't know. Nearly head Nearly headless Nick might be. It might be a little different because he's dead. I don't know what he's going through. Yeah, he got vaporized or something, or no? It turned dark. Yeah. Instead of like clear. Yeah. White. Yeah, now like he's crispy. Yeah. He was he he was uh, original recipe. Now he's extra crispy. Extra crispy. So there's two more attacks, and McGonagall escorts Harry to Dumbledore's office, seemingly to take the blame for what has been happening, or that's at least what. The students thought, and that's what Harry believes as he goes to Dumbledore's office. So when we finally get there, describe Dumbledore's office, because it's not like the other 
professor offices that we've been in, is it? No, Harry's kind of sad that he um, is so terrified right now because he thinks that Dumbledore's office is pretty cool. There's lots of stuff going on, lots of things to see, all the portraits from the previous headmasters. They're all sleeping. Oh, yeah, they're sleeping. Because they're old. I guess it, is it late? I don't think it's yeah, late. They're, they're just anyway, old. Yeah. So they're all asleep, and there's lots of gadgets and contraptions and whirly things and just stuff in his office. Mm-hmm. And the sorting hat, which Harry just helps himself to. That was going to be my, my next point to bring up. We've, we get an interaction be, because Harry can't, he's already seemingly in trouble, but he can't help himself. The sorting hat is right there. And he has a lot of questions about whether he was sorted into the right house. Should he have been a Slytherin this whole time? It has all the evidence that, that has been mounting in this book made him think that maybe he got put in the wrong house by mistake. So he puts the hat, sorting hat on again and has a little interaction with the sorting hat, a little conversation back and forth. But Harry ends up getting more questions than answers in the end, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that's kind of how magic things work. You... Nobody gives you a straight answer? Yeah. One of the other books I'm reading right now, the character is trying to talk to an enchanted door knocker and isn't getting straight answers either. She gets very frustrated and she's like, magic is nonsense. It's magic all is nonsense. nonsense sometimes. Yep. And bad luck seems to follow Harry wherever he goes because he's seemingly in this office to take the blame for something that he has not done. But when he gets into the office, we get to see Dumbledore's dilapidated bird where <laughs> feathers are, feathers yeah, are falling off. It looks like a half-plucked just turkey. Looks, yeah, it just looks like it's at death's door. And before we know it, uh, just when the thought goes into Harry's mind that, man, if this bird dies before Dumbledore gets back and I'm alone in here with it, that would just be my luck. He's going to think I did it. The bird just explodes into flames. Yes. Support <laughs> Just Harry. on fire. Just the, the, Not only does the bird seemingly die, but it, it, it explodes <laughs> into a ball of fire. Just before Dumbledore enters the room. Yeah. But Dumbledore explains the Harry, you know, Harry was worried about the blame going on. Uh, going on him, but Dumbledore explains what about this bird? Well, that he's a phoenix, mm. and that's what phoenixes do. And actually, he's he kind of says, huh, "About time, yeah, about time." About that he's been time looking that thing awful the for a while. And phoenixes rise from the ashes. Mm-hmm. So, so he kind of literally pokes his head out of the ashes and doesn't really look any better. Yeah, because <laughs> just a smaller version. Yeah, apparently, baby. Birds when they're born are pretty ugly. Aren't, aren't uh, the cutest things? Well, just birds without feathers in general. Sure. Your so he's, the bird's going to be okay, is what we're saying. Yeah. And the phoenix birds, like how big do, do the phoenix birds get? They didn't really explain the the size of it. Do we know how big a? I just imagine a phoenix would be much bigger than a, you know, bird that you would keep in your room or something like that. Yeah, um, bigger than, like, Harry's owl. Okay. Um, I think more of, like, a peacock size. Oh, okay. That's pretty big. I just, I guess I just didn't get that picture based on what, on the description in the book. That could just be me. No, they they don't really say the size. Okay. And Phoenix 
birds ha- are magical in their own right. Yeah, we get a little like a little rundown of like quick facts, mm-hmm. but they don't do the size. He's like, yeah, they can carry immense loads, and they have healing properties, and they're faithful pets. And he just kind of real quick fires a couple of. Did they facts say their tears you. have healing properties? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah, something like that. And we know from previous books that some will give tail feathers for to the wands be in the wands right right that was the first thing that popped into my head when dumbledore said it was a phoenix was the wand thing because it's uh, unicorn hair it's phoenix tail feathers, feathers and dragon uh, heart strings right okay those are the three main things okay got it so before dumbledore can speak to Harry about Harry's situation because Harry's sitting there this whole time thinking that he's going to get expelled or worse. Hagrid busts in and he has a a chicken? A dead rooster. A dead rooster in his hand. Just kind of flailing around just (laughs) willy-nilly. Yep, dead rooster. Hagrid is pretty vehement in his defense of Harry saying that he was, Harry was with me when this happened there's no way he could have done this. I know that he's not capable of this. You have to believe me, Headmaster. He's just really going out of his way to defend Harry. And Dumbledore is the boss. This is the head guy. And and Hagrid just kind of busts in and just lays it all out there. And Dumbledore does raise his voice a bit because Hagrid just continues to, to yeah, carry on. Yeah, he can't get his attention. Does that kind of speak to the relationship between Dumbledore and Hagrid and the fact that, let's say Dump- Hagrid burst into Snape's office the same way. I'm sure he would have had a much different reaction. And this is the, the head of, of the entire school, one of the most powerful wizards on the planet, seemingly. And Dumbledore is pretty, I don't want to say he's okay with with Hagrid's actions and his behavior, but he's not overly angry or upset or scolding or anything like that so what does that tell us about the the, about the relationship between those two well we know that they've known each other a long time and that hagrid is fiercely loyal to dumbledore he's always talking about oh the greatest wizard Mm -hmm. albus dumbledore i think it's one of the first things we find out about hogwarts and when he comes to the shack and the lake and Mm -hmm was telling Harry about Hogwarts, he had to immediately drop Dumbledore's name. So we know that they have, obviously, a long history. Long history. And we don't, we don't know much about it at this point. And I think Dumbledore kind of understands Hagrid's mm-hmm. a little different. Sure. And just his sheer size. I mean, maybe it's not said he bursts through the door, but it's Hagrid. Mm-hmm. He's ginormous. Everything he does, even if he's not trying to burst and stomp he, he and does like that. burst he just and kinda, stomp right. and bellow and he's just he's big and he's loud and that's who he is so I think Dumbledore understands that and you know takes that into account well you know Dumbledore seemingly a very understanding and good hearted person unlike other other professors and characters we've met well, and you said what if he did that in Snape's office well you know what I bet his, he would get a, a, a worse reaction, but still at the same time, he'd be like, eh, it's Dumbledore's friend. Sure. I bet 
you know, Snape knows he couldn't go anywhere with it. He couldn't be like, you know, Hagrid came bursting into my potions room yeah, and nothing, messed up nothing something. Would come this with it. nothing would come with sure. it. Yeah. And like you've said before on previous shows, Dumbledore pretty much knows everything that's going on that goes on in Hogwarts, mm-hmm. whether he lets on that he knows about it or not. Sometimes he kind of plays his cards close to the vest, like he did in the first book. But Dumbledore's trying to get something out of Harry in this chapter. It's it's kind of like uh, setting the bait out there. Is there anything going on that you need to tell me about? Mm-hmm. And Harry's thinking, well, I could tell him about the voices in my head. Or but Ron said that's not a good thing. I could tell him about all the stuff we stole to make the polyjuice potion because we're going to try to sneak into the Slytherin common room because we think Draco Malfoy could be the heir to Salazar Slytherin and he's the one that's doing all these things. All these thoughts kind of go through Harry's head. (laughs) But he doesn't take the bait. He doesn't tell Dumbledore anything. Even though Dumbledore knows that he... I don't know if... I, I don't know if Dumbledore knows literally what's going on or if he just knows that Harry has something that he is holding back. Well, at this point, you know, a lot of the school heard him speaking Parseltongue. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would have naturally made it to Dumbledore. But Harry hasn't really confessed that or talked about that either yet. So maybe he's, like, given him an opportunity to, to spill. But yeah, I think he knows stuff's going on. and So it's kind of a big build-up, this whole, oh no, we're going to Dumbledore's office, we're going to the principal's office. And nothing really comes of it. Harry doesn't get in trouble for anything. Dumbledore is convinced that Harry's not the, the culprit here. But he also seems to know that Harry has more knowledge than he's letting on whether Dumbledore already knows it and he just wants to hear Harry say it. You know, uh, working in education, we do that all the time. You know, we we know what happened, but we just want to hear it out of the mouth of, the, of the, st- the student who did it. Yeah. You know, I just want you to be honest with me so we can move on from there. But if you're lying to me, then that uh, compounds the situation as well. There's something else, but There's something. it's a spoiler. Okay, no spoilers. Let's move on. At, uh, the latest attacks have the students reacting in a variety of ways. We've already had students kind of on edge. We already had the Weasley boys kind of tormenting poor little Jenny. But now it, it's starting to get elevated a little bit more. The students can't wait to get on that train to go home for Christmas break. They're just... It's like a mad dash to the to the Hogwarts Express to get out of there. And then we've got the Weasley boys uh, reacting in a bit of a different way, don't we? Oh yes, yes. They're their friend George. They're that gonna just be explains everything. Yeah, right there. that just covers it. Yeah, they're they're being a bit ridiculous with it and escorting Harry down the halls, yelling "Make way for the heir of Slytherin." <laughs> and and it even mentions it in the book that. That kind of, well, it seems like Harry wouldn't like that. He does, he does bring up the point in the book that it kind of makes him believe that as overly silly as the Weasley boys are being about it, 
th- that lets him know that that they don't believe that this yeah, is that true. They're being so, so overly ridiculous, that ridiculous about it. Exactly. That that he find, kind of finds some comfort in that. Also, the fact that if everybody's getting out of his way, then nobody there's nobody in the way to bother him. Yeah. <laughs> either. Or to do the. Him. Run, like they're not running away from him or trying to avoid him because the Weasleys have already cleared a path. Plus, it's agitating Draco. So sure. So you know, win, win, two, win. Two, bir- two birds with one stone. And Harry is is ready to have a pretty empty castle too. I think it seems like all these students going home for for Christmas break. That's just less eyes on him and less murmurs and less whispers and less feeling of being uncomfortable I think having less people in the castle so all that bad attention I think having that kind of away from Harry is going to be a really good thing so we move into Christmas morning and Hermione has presents for the boys we get Harry with another Weasley sweater another Weasley jumper a jumper yes and he's starting to collect uh, gonna get a nice little closet of those so good for him he'll be all set I want a jumper uh, do you want what uh, maybe what the Dursleys gave him maybe for Christmas? I could wrap it up real nice for you. No. Why not? No. I I know what I'm getting for Christmas. And I, are, want, I want that. You already uh, have plenty of toothpicks. Yes. Because that's what Harry got from the Dursleys. Hedwig flew a toothpick in a box <laughs> all the way to Hogwarts. And apparently Hedwig and Harry are back on good terms now. Yeah. Again, too, after the flying car well, incident. It's been half a year. Yeah. So Hedwig, uh, I guess, is letting bygones be bygones. About time. Gave Harry a little playful nibble on the ear. And the Dursleys, even in their letter, said, Hey, Harry, why don't you, uh, why don't you ask if they can uh, keep you for the summer, too? Yeah, just don't come back. Just don't come back. Ever. I don't think that's allowed, is it, to stay at Hogwarts over the summer? You don't have any kind of like summer learning program or something like that? I can't answer that question right now. Gotcha. So despite all the drama lately, Christmas, I mean, we've got near-death experiences and just a lot of really bad stuff going on at Hogwarts. Christmas is still a vibrant affair at Hogwarts, isn't it? Yeah. It's still a big deal. still a party. So what were some of the things that we had going on on Christmas in the Great Hall? Well, they have their big their big feast, mm-hmm. as always. And uh, they had snow inside mm-hmm. the Great Hall. All the trees were frosted with snow as mm-hmm. well. We had uh, Dumbledore leading the group in Christmas carols. carols yes, and singing and tea and Hagrid's, desserts. Hagrid's getting a little uh, nippy oh, on the, the eggnog. Always. <laughs> So it's not like the eggnog that you can get from your local grocery store. This is the uh, alcoholic version, I'm guessing. I believe so, yes. It was it because I think they said that Hagrid, Hagrid was getting louder. louder. With each cup. <laughs> so every time I, I drink another cup of eggnog, I can't control the volume of my voice. And he's already a rather loud yep. person. Yep. I bet it takes a lot of eggnog to, to change... Hagrid's behavior, though, to inebriate a, a large man like that. Well, we know he drinks a lot. Yeah. So he probably has, like, besides his size, has a decent tolerance built up. Sure. So, I don't know. Sure. I don't A lot of eggnog, I guess. 
Well, it's time to talk about the title of the chapter because the Polyjuice Potion slash Hamburger Helper <laughs> is finally ready. And Hermione, as always, already has a plan to do all of these things. Let me go through the list of some of the she things. She has it taken care of. Some of the things we have to do. We have to finish brewing the potion, but we also have to incapacitate Crab and Goyle mm -hmm. because we can't have them walking into the Slytherin common room while we are disguised as Crab and Goyle. Exactly, that would be We need to get hairs from Crab and Goyle and we're not they're not going to let us just walk up to them and pluck them off their head. We need to get Slytherin outfits in order to get into the in order to get into the common room. We only have an hour to get all this done. And outfits that are the right size. Mm -hmm. Crab and Goyle are not petite. And in then any there's way. a and then there's another issue too that I don't want to talk about just yet. Uh, we want to talk about it after they after they drink the potion. Mm -hmm. So Hermione has a plan to cover all this though, yeah. right? Well she got up early. Remember she went and woke mm -hmm. the boys up, but she'd already been tending to the potion, mm -hmm. adding the last few little bits. So how are we going to incapacitate Crab and Goyle so that they can't walk in, but then also so we can get some samplings from them? She has drugged <laughs> two cupcakes. Of course she did. So that so Ron and Harry have to somehow deliver these cupcakes. She's turning into a little naughty thing, <laughs> isn't she? To Crab and Goyle. They'll eat the cupcakes and fall asleep. She's stealing. She's slipping drugs into... Drugging other students. Drugging other students. She's uh, afraid. She's worried about her yeah. mudblood heritage. Well, Hermione already has her hair covered from uh, Millicent Bolstrode because she has samplings of Millicent's hair on her own robe from the wrestling match that they had at the dueling club. Yes. Yes. So she, we don't even have to do anything with Millicent. No. And she's not even there. She gone. She went home for Christmas. Right. right. Or that's. I mean, that's what she she did. But they're going to pretend she changed sure. her mind and came back. So we were all brewed up. We're all ready to go. Each of our trio goes into a different stall to drink their potion because if we are all three are pretty petite at this point, we can mm -hmm. all fit in one stall. Not comfortably i'm sure but i'm guessing they're rather large stalls or cubicles do they call it stalls in yours i don't remember mine's cubicles i don't remember but we <laughs> we know that we are going to increase in size all all, all three of uh all three of the students including uh hermione turning into millicent mm -hmm. who we get the impression is a a pretty um large pretty girl. pretty large girl yeah <laughs> for for her age so they all She's go no into pixie is what it said. They all go into different stalls. All three drink, and the transformation begins. Harry into Goyle, Ron into Crab, and Hermione hiding in her stall, not coming out, not wanting to show her transformation to the other two boys. And the boys are a little put off by this because they they kind of assume that going in, we know what we're going to look like, and we know we're not going to like it. Yeah. But we're doing it. We're doing it anyway. We're out here, Hermione. Why won't you come out? And we won't find that out until quite till the end of the book. Chapter. Uh, or to the end of the chapter. This isn't too much of a monkey wrench in their plans, though, right? Because the whole plan all along was to have Crab and Goyle go in and talk to 
Malfoy because Millicent isn't really in that that little crew, is she? No. I mean, she's in Slytherin, so she can be in the common room, but mm-hmm. I don't, she wasn't going to be, like, probably in the direct conversation. Sure. So Hermione has... She has contributed a ton to this plan. I don't think that her physical transformation is a do-or-die for the plan. I think that's kind of the assumption that the boys come to also because they say, okay, well, if she's not coming out, we still need to go ahead. And they were running out of time. They only have an hour. Right. They're already five minutes in. So I think that was more of it. They're like, well, we're not going to argue with her because we're just wasting time. So the other part of the plan that I kind of held off talking about, because I hadn't even considered this, this hurdle until it, it comes up in the book. They don't know where the Slytherin common room is. <laughs> nope. It's they not... know about where it is, but <laughs> they come from that general direction when they come up for breakfast. That's that's all Ron's got. We don't know exactly where it is, though. We have, I think they said they're already, they spent the first five minutes in the bathroom trying yep. to coax Hermione out of the stall. They spend... And getting the... themselves ready. They had to change shoes sure. and change robes and stuff. And now we're 15 minutes in, looking around for this in this labyrinth-like halls of of Hogwarts, and we have no idea where the Slytherin common room is. They kind of think that maybe we'll just wait for a Slytherin until we see a Slytherin, and we'll just kind of follow them. But you got to remember too, there's not that many Slytherins yeah. at Hogwarts right Most now. Most people left for the holiday. So your chances of running just running into somebody are drastically less than they would have been say a week ago we're heading down the passages ran at seemingly at random we run into somebody that we didn't expect to see at this point well first they run into a girl uh, a uh, ravenclaw, ravenclaw girl. girl and they didn't know why the ravenclaw girl would be down there mm-hmm. then they run into another person and that is uh, percy the prefect yes weasley what is why is Percy muddling around the lower regions of Hogwarts? Well, I know why, but mm, I can't tell mm. you. I figured it was not just a I figured it was not just a passing encounter. There. Yeah. I figured there's something going on there. And is that, does it have something to do with the fact that we've got a random stray Ravenclaw? A Stravenclaw? Stravenclaw? If you will. Yes, yes, it definitely Hashtag has. Stravenclaw. It has something to do with the Ravenclaw okay. girl. All right, all right. Which I gave away by bringing up, didn't I? Okay, okay. No, I, I, I remember it, and I remember, too, that the Ravenclaw girl kind of gave the boys a, a dirty look, too. When <laughs> Somebody presumed I was in Slytherin. Why would I know where the Slytherin common room is? I'm a Ravenclaw. It sounded like that. No, she didn't. No, she did. No. <laughs> oh, my God. No, she said, our common room? Our common room? No, I'm in Ravenclaw. Our common room is so much different than the Slytherin common room. I mean, you guys she are not, in the dungeon. Was she not wearing her robes? Did they not see that she had blue on? I don't understand. Maybe she had, like, an ugly Christmas sweater or a Weasley jumper. Well, then they would assume she was in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. So that was, that was I wanted to throw that out there about Percy. I think it, it seemed like not just a passing encounter, something we might need to keep an eye on. Yeah. But finally, the boys stumble upon Draco, who says that he had been looking for them. 
Crab and Goyle. And uh, Draco takes him down to the Slytherin common room to get a look at, you got to see this, it's the latest issue of the Daily Prophet, which is the Wizarding newspaper. So what is so enticing in this Daily Prophet newspaper that Malfoy just wants so badly to show his buddies? Uh, well, I guess it's like the, the verdict for Arthur Weasley because mm-hmm. he, he was facing the inquiry at work. So they got fined. And Arthur Weasley, just as a reminder, is the, the head of... Muggle, like Muggle relations? Right. And he got in trouble for having the car. Enchanting the car. car, Which is exactly the thing that he polices. Yes. He's supposed to keep people from doing... So it seems like a little bit of an abuse of power situation. Something that could get him in a whole lot of trouble. Well, yeah, it is. Like you said, they got fined. And then uh, Draco's dad, Lucius Malfoy, is kind of like attacking him and saying he should lose his job and what they say he was a, a governor at hogwarts yeah so i don't I know think he's like they, on the school board yeah that's what kind i was kind of thing. thinking like he's kind of on the board like the people that really make the decisions in school that they're not the ones that you see every day but they're the really kind of the ones that you know steer the ship mm-hmm. so i wonder if he if that's kind of what you know like it's like a board of governors kind of thing but lucius is calling for Arthur's resignation and it was kind of surprising to me that Arthur only was fined he was not suspended he was not fired it was was it kind of just a slap on the wrist for a first offense or why do you think he was only fine that just seems well, like like not that big of a deal yes and no but the Weasleys don't have any money yeah so that's a, just fifty galleons, though. Yeah. I don't know what what that equates. I mean, that could be three hundred thousand dollars for <laughs> really? all I know. <laughs> well, galleons are the big one, the big gold. Oh. So that was it was a lot. Yeah. I think maybe uh, Harry needs to delve down into the uh, <laughs> the treasure trove there and throw throw a few galleons to Weasley McDuck way. Money? Yeah. While you're swimming in it. Harry, just throw throw a few shekels. Kick uh, some over. Yeah, to the, Weas- to the Weasley family because it's kind of a little bit, a little bit your fault. Yeah, well, Dobby, but yeah, a little bit your fault. Your fault. You were uh, you were a big part of the fiasco with the car. We don't even know where that car is. That car went limping off into the forest. I mean, it could Chitty Chitty Bang Bang could reappear it <laughs> at any time. time with his arm in a sling. Well, that was the tree. <laughs> The well, tree had its arm in a sling. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the car could, too. Or maybe he could come back and exact re- revenge on the boys. <laughs> He'd come back as an, as an evil car. I like think they have Carrie enough problems. In the Stephen King book. Who has problems? The boys. They have enough problems. They don't need the, the car. deal with, like, a, a horror car? Yeah, they okay. don't need that. So we finally get Harry and Ron to do the part of the plan that we've been talking about for seemingly forever. It all comes down to this. Trying to get information information slash a confession out of Draco. Either information on the Chamber of Secrets, uh, a confession for Draco being responsible for the attacks, a confession of Draco being the Slytherin heir. Any of those things. But we're, su- we're surprised to find that Draco knows what at this point. 
Uh, not a lot. Not, not, <laughs> just, well said. I was going to say, not a whole lot. He um, he gives them a little bit of stuff. A little taste. He, he says that it's not him. Mm-hmm. And that he doesn't know who it is. Mm-hmm. But then he says that his dad seems to know mm-hmm. even something his about dad, what's going yeah, on. Even though his dad wasn't around. They said it was about 50 years ago. His dad physically wasn't there, but you would think that with his connections and everything, he... Yeah, so he knows about the first... his The dad, Lucius, knows about the first time that the chamber was opened. And he tell And Draco tells the boys about uh, a mud blood girl died. Mm-hmm. That it was similar to this time where I think there had been attacks. People, everything had been actual, hushed up. But somebody deaths. Somebody so. died. And then they caught the person. And that person got expelled. Right. And is probably still in Azkaban. And that that was my next note, was that we get the... Is this the first mention we've gotten of Azkaban? I think so. So far in the books? I believe it is. Because Harry, disguised as Crab... I think I had that right. Disguised as Crab. I don't think he was Goyle. I thought he was Goyle. I don't know. It's on, it's on my other page of notes, and I, I don't want to flip, flip back. again. Harry kind of says, Azkaban? And Draco's kind of put off by that because his buddies know what... Azkaban is, but Harry, not being in the wizarding world for the majority of his life, has no idea. We find out that Azkaban is the wizarding prison, and Draco assumes that the whoever was the first person to open the cha- chamber is rotting in Azkaban as we speak. And the boys are having a really hard time not attacking Draco, <laughs> aren't yeah, they? Yeah, well, he kind of threatens... Hermione, uh-huh. that he hopes that Hermione will be the one that dies. Yeah, just, and so, I, hope, I hope she dies. So, yeah, the boys are struggling not to wallop Malfoy. Yeah, the, and even just with the newspaper article the about, about yeah, the Weasleys. And, but he does say that he gives away some secret family stuff that his dad got raided. And they didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's because that. they have their own secret chamber. And Ron, when they leave there, they knew they couldn't do anything physically to Draco without giving themselves away. But I can sure as heck send my dad a, an owl with where to look in the in the Malfoy household. And that's going to help him out at work a little bit. Mm-hmm. And get take a little the, leverage. Take some of the pressure off of him. From, back from Lucius. Sure. You know, kind of discredit him a little bit. But the boys are, like I said, having a, a difficult time not lashing out at Draco. They're having a hard time. They're getting a little bit better uh, pretty quickly, staying in, staying in character. The, there was uh, a couple times where the boys kind of uh, purposely put like a dumb look on their face just so they could appeal more, uh, appear more like Crab and Goyle, which I thought was pretty funny. But now, without us realizing it, time has flown by so fast that the potion is wearing off. Mm-hmm. And the boys kind of cut their losses despite a lack of really good info that they were hoping for and just kind of leave abruptly hoping that they didn't give themselves away. Yeah, well they've been blaming most of their issues or Act, yeah, acting weird acting weird on upset stomachs mm-hmm. from eating too much at the feast. Yeah, and, and that's so kind of then finally they're just like, Oh, we're gonna go get some medicine for our stomachs, gotta go by. Yep, gotta get some of that wizarding um uh K-O-Pectate. Yes. <laughs> but that's some good stuff. Oh yeah, I bet it's awful. Uh we get back to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom <clears throat> to find Hermione still hiding in the stall. Jessica, what happened? 
to Hermione? Why is she still hiding? Oh, poor Hermione. I think it's rather adorable in the movie, though. I don't even remember it from the movie, but I kind of had a cute picture in my head. Yeah. Like a a cosplay kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be kind of cute. A little, like a little anime character. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so it wasn't... What's the late? Millicent. Millicent. It wasn't Millicent's uh, hair that transferred from robe to robe. Mm. It was her cat's hair. Millicent's cat? We're assuming. We don't really know. I think that's what what Hermione said. Yeah, it must have been her cat. (sighs) And so now Hermione's a a little little black cat. So she put cat hair into her potion. Which is not supposed to be Apparently a big no-no for polyjuice. You You don't do that. So off to the infirmary it is for Hermione. I love it. Ron says that, you know, she doesn't ask too many questions. Yeah, the nurse, yeah, Madame Pomfrey, yeah, doesn't Pomfrey. ask too many questions. She's like, oh, we got another kid turned into a cat again. Well, you know. Take that, Ben. Ron did get bit by the poisonous dragon and his hand was going to fall off. Mm. And she took care of that without asking too many questions. <laughs> without asking questions. Too. Just another day at Hogwarts. So Ron should know. So weeks of polyjuice brewing, crazy amounts of risky steps and plans, mm-hmm. and not much of a payoff. No. So is just as we kind of wrap up this chapter here, is this a big letdown for the crew, or is there enough satisfaction with the little info that they've gathered? To me, it seems like it's a bit a bit of a letdown. It seems like a little anticlimactic. Um, it is. Because they were so sure it was Draco. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we kind of all knew it wasn't. If it was, he would have just said so. It's Draco. But at least, I guess at least we have eliminated the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you eliminate the prime suspect, you kind of have all your leads that you've been, you know, all your evidence that you've been trying to gather to, to finger this one person is... Kind of, you're kind of back to step one. Yeah, back to the drawing board. But they did get some interesting info, you know, that the chamber had been open before. So now they have a couple of more leads. It was mm. 50 years ago, and somebody died, and somebody got expelled. Little little tidbits they didn't know before. So now... Plus, we got the stuff on Draco's dad to help out Mr. Weasley. So now we're going to start our new case to figure out who yes. it is. And we're going to brew up a new potion... And that potion will be ready in six to eight months. And by then, everybody at Hogwarts will be dead. No. That's no? not what happens. Okay. I just I just assume that's kind of what we've done to this point. We spend a long time and go through all these risky, you know, Indiana Jones-type plans in order to make something happen, and then we just don't get much of a payoff, and we're kind of back to square one so let's find another potion let's bribe a teacher again with flattery and get another note and get another book and brew another potion and then steal some more stuff from snape without getting caught and then we can brew up a potion like a jamba juice potion nope no okay you're not going to convince me otherwise okay well, that's the end of the chapter. Anything else you want to add? Anyone want to talk about any of the comparisons between this chapter and what we see in the movie? You talked about an adorable cat. In the yes, movie. I thought she was rather cute. I mean, a little freaky, but cute. Mm-hmm. With ears and a tail. I think she's brown. 
to match her own hair. Mm -hmm. Like, it all just kind of blends together better in the movie. Um, I think the movie is pretty accurate with this scene. Um, but the scene with uh, in the Slytherin common room. Mm -hmm. That's all pretty, mm -hmm. pretty accurate. Uh, I think we even run into Percy in the hallway on the way down there. Mm -hmm. Don't think we run into the Ravenclaw girl in this movie, but... The Ravenclaw girl? Yeah. Is that what you're talking we about? We don't run into her, but I think it's pretty close. I think the movie keeps pretty true to this one. Sweet. Well, we're going to find out what's going on with Hermione. We're going to find out uh, how everybody's winter uh, break was. Because in the next chapter, I think everybody's going to be back at Hogwarts. And we are moving right along on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And we're going to find out who is the next to fall. Dun, dun, dun. On uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I don't even, I've never seen that or, or read I, that. I don't even know if that's the premise of it, if like people just continually die. Have you ever seen, have you ever read, um, And Then There Were None? No. The uh, Agatha Christie book? Oh, it's awesome. No. It's awesome. It was like one of the few books that I read like in junior high that I actually liked. Like that I, I felt like I wasn't forced to read it. It's about, kind of this like uh, mansion like island like uh, weekend getaway and I think there's 12 starts with 12 people and gradually just people keep dying like gradually just people so are just like dropping weekend like at Bernie's? Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah. Who? Like only one guy dies in Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> but they're at like this beach house having it's this not big a party for house. the weekend <laughs> and they can't just like play music and the guys like dance can't you believe they made two of those movies god we were our childhoods were the worst like when it comes to like the music that we listened to like looking back on it was awful like the movies we watched were awful and like some of the movies we look back on fondly because they were part of our childhood they were good you know, <laughs> they weren't, were they? You're laughing, but were they? Some. A couple, maybe. Some of them were good. 98% uh, of them were awful. Don't we, like, get to claim, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones? Or is that... Um, Star Wars... The first Star Wars and the second Star Wars were, I believe, before you and I were both born. First Star Wars was 77, and then I... I believe it was 79. I was born. I get to claim and it. And I think the last one was 81 or 82. But, you know, Indiana Jones, I mean, I like the first and the third one. Like every other Indiana Jones. So if they make another one, like, I'll probably like, I'll probably really <laughs> like it. <laughs> okay. Yep. So uh, now that we've taken you a little trip down memory, memory lane, I think that's uh, going to do it for us. Unless anything else you want to throw in there. For chapter 12, the Polyjuice Potion? No, I think we're good. I think we covered it. Fantastic. So, this has been Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, subscribing, spreading the word, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Smoke Signals, Shouting Out Your Window, Owl. Owl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just you can have your owl transcript delivered. Transcript 
Fire Owl. Send you a little cassette tape. Yeah, I was gonna say a little cassette tape. <laughs> a little cassette tape. And you have nothing to play it on. And you could find your find your boombox, dust it off, and listen to the podcast. But we thank everybody for listening. You can always send us your emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook and leave us a five-star review if you think that we're doing a good job. If you don't think we're doing a good job, we're sorry. We're, we're trying. We try. We're trying really hard. So don't hate us. But we are, uh, we're trying to be entertaining for you. And I'm, I'm not coughing anymore. Uh, did you drink some of that uh, magical... Pe- pepper up potion? Yeah. I was like, ma- uh, magical Robitussin? No. Yeah, to brew, it took you, it it took took you six me, weeks to brew it. No, so that's it took why me three months to brew that's it. That's why yeah, your so. uh, cough just finally went away. Yep. So, until next time, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. We'll see you later. Bye. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it